0: Hello, mamas, and welcome to episode one in our Bringing Women Together podcast series. Today, we are talking all about the power of women's circles.
1: Enjoy. Hey, mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes. It's time for you to get you through. Let's take some time for you. It's pregnancy with physio.
0: Hello, mothers, and welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. We are kicking off a new series with the incredible Rachel Rose, and it is all about the power of bringing women together. And specifically, in today's episode, we are going to be talking about women's circles. Now, please, if you're listening to this and you just heard me say women's circles, and you're like, "Yeah, nah, not my thing. That's woo-woo. That's spiritual. That's wishy-washy. Whatever," I really do urge you stick with me because. I share in this podcast series my own hesitations and stories and things that came up for me when I joined a women's circle for the first time. And then I share about the powerful experience that I had. And Rachel shares so, like, honestly about how she facilitates women's circles. And they're not what you think they are. And they're actually a really ancient form of connection and expressing ourselves and sharing stories. And we've actually been doing this from, you know, the day dot this is not new this is not some weird new age hippie thing this is actually where we came from and that's why it feels so good for women to do these so I do encourage you if you had that thought pop up where you went uh no thank you please stick around now the reason I want to get Rachel on to talk about this is that I've been following her on Instagram for a while she is so refreshingly honest and very funny I find her quite humorous in how she talks about these big topics about postpartum and you know, like bringing women together in circle and practicing ancient traditions and wisdom of femininity and motherhood. And she's just really, really honest. And I think she's wonderful to follow. If you want to find her, you can find her at the underscore Rachel underscore Rose. And she is a mother, mentor and community maker. She facilitates women's circles, creates courses and hosts another epic podcast called Together. And her mission is to support women through life and motherhood and business transitions. And I've got her on the podcast for three episodes. So today's episode is all about the power of women's circles. Episode two is all about the postpartum village and really setting yourself up for success in that postpartum period. And the third episode is about how we can all give less F's in life, motherhood, and business. So I encourage you to subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast so that you do not miss out on these three epic episodes. But without further ado, let's jump straight into this episode and let's talk about Power of Women's Circles. Enjoy. Okay, welcome to the podcast, Rachel. I am so excited to have you here. I've been a long time stalker of your social media pages. I think since you shared your birth story, and like I was saying to you before we started recording, I find your honesty so refreshing. And I think everybody listening to this podcast, if you haven't heard of Rachel before, You're going to walk away from this going, oh, she's normal. She's so honest and she's so refreshing and she just tells it like it is. And I think there's so many wonderful topics we're going to cover today that everyone's really going to relate to. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Laura. I'm excited. Now we're going to kick off with probably your main shtick. So you bring women together. You've done it in a variety of different ways. You hold circles. You've got online programs. You've got so many different areas in your life where you do this, but I want to know what you think about the power of bringing women together and what in all of the ways you facilitate this, and what was initially the driving force and the motivation for you to
1: start to bring women together? I'll start there. When I became pregnant at 26, I had moved from Sydney to Wollongong, and we didn't know anyone. And I had moved from working in an office with 30 women, we would go out after work, we felt really close, I called them my friends, they weren't just colleagues. And so I had this beautiful connection every day with women. And then I moved in such a pivotal moment of my life and I was sick with hyperemesis, so I was basically bed-bound, house-bound for most of my pregnancy. and. Where I usually would have been looking and seeking for friendships and going out there, I just didn't have the energy or the capacity to do that. So when I had my baby at 27, I looked around and I didn't know anyone and I didn't have anyone who was in the same season or stage of life as me. I didn't know any other mothers and I was really lonely. My friends from Sydney, bless them, they would come down occasionally and come and visit me and my new baby, but they were also child-free and it was beautiful and also surface level in the ways that they could connect to that experience that I was having. So I was desperate for friendship. I just felt the isolation so keenly. It felt really wrong to be at home alone with a baby for hours and hours a day. I wanted to share the experience with other people. My partner had gone back to work at day nine postpartum. We didn't have family nearby. I had a beautiful mother-in-law who would travel two hours once a week to see me, but it just didn't feel like enough. So I remember I've been in therapy for a long time and I would turn up every week to therapy and say, I'm lonely, I'm lonely. And so a lot of our sessions were just like strategizing how important it was for me to meet other people and putting that as a priority above everything else, really. And so I was quite obsessive about meeting new mum friends and yeah, creating that community for myself. Yeah, I love that. And So what were the like first steps that
0: you took apart from acknowledging that's what you needed and that's what you're craving and it felt abnormal to be on your own, which I a hundred percent agree with. It's not, it's not okay for us to be mothering solo. And that's often when we have our hardest and darkest days is when we're on our own with these tiny little humans. And we're going to speak later about the village we so often crave,
1: but what were your first steps towards connecting with other women? What did you do? So I was lucky in that I had organized to have a postpartum doula and as part of that package I was able to go to her mum and bub's yoga and Bryony Goodsall changed my life because she set me on the path to become a doula but it was through those yoga sessions she would often say if anyone wants to go for a coffee afterwards I invite you there and she Because she was there, I felt brave. Okay, I'll go along. I already know her. And then just slowly started meeting other women. And then she started putting on a monthly village meetup of any of her doula clients. And being the keen organizer that I am, I was like, we can host it at our house. Let's get the dads together or the partners together as well. And I was involved in that and really moving it along. I was like, meeting once a month is not enough. Let's swap numbers. Let's create a WhatsApp group. And what I found was the women were just as hungry for connection as I was. It wasn't like it was falling on deaf ears. Yes, more. Yes. So I was doing that. I also was on apps like Tinder for mums, basically. (laughs) I found that quite disheartening because there wasn't a lot of follow through. It felt like you would chat to someone. And you'd match based on location and interest. I like cloth nappies. Do you like (laughs) cloth nappies? There's someone three kilometres away that likes cloth nappies. And so then we'd chat and then I'd suggest meeting up and then it would fall through and I'd feel like I was getting ghosted. So I was like, okay, that's not the right avenue for me. I'll try something else. Then there was mama tribe happening at the time. It's not around in that same form But that was like a Facebook group that would have meetups. So I put my hand up to be the coordinator of Wollongong. And then I organized some meetups and nobody came. Mm. And so I had to deal with the fallout of, oh, like I've been stood up. I've organized to be here. Nobody wants to come. So I had like great experiences and some not so great experiences. But in the end, I was just determined to find my people that it didn't really matter. I did go to the standard whatever you call it, child health nurse mothers groups. I didn't last long there. I just found the conversations as facilitated by the child health nurse were not aligned with my parenting. There was a lot of talk about sleep training and really early on in baby's life. And so I thought, oh, it's not just about finding other mothers with the exact same age baby as me. It also has to be like there has to be shared values. and. Depth to connection here. So, yeah, there's some of the things that I started, but I've done many things <laughs> over the last six years to meet other women.
0: And I think what you just said then is probably a big reason why women don't put themselves out there when they are feeling isolated and alone is that sense of rejection and that failure. And I know myself, like I did a little cringe on the inside when you said that no one showed up, like you went to all this effort. And I guess. That's amazing on your behalf to not make that mean anything about you, but I imagine there'd be so many women out there that would be a real hit to their self-confidence to put themselves out there for it to potentially be rejected or that women don't show up or for whatever reason, but it's hard to not take that personally. So I imagine that would be a real factor in women not seeking the support they need is because they don't want to feel rejected. Mm -hmm. So how did you work through that? Or have you always just been some unicorn of a person that Doesn't really care whether people turn up to your meetups or not.
1: (laughs) Oh, I totally took it personally. And I messaged my partner and I was crying and it felt awful at the time. I've got six years between when that happened and there's no sting in it now. I can laugh about it now. But I was at a play centre with a four-month-old baby. You can't then just like play. She was sleeping in the carrier. So I was just looking around being like, oh, I'm uh, sticking out here. I think I just dusted myself off and went for a walk and yeah, I complained and felt frustrated and probably brought it to my next therapy session. (laughs) But then it was like, okay, if this is not working, what else is out there? And so then I found Australian Breastfeeding Association meetings and I got involved as a volunteer there because that meant like I would have that commitment to go along. And it meant I could talk to the other breastfeeding counsellors. I signed up to do the ABA training so that I could, yeah, be involved with other like-minded women. And, mm. yeah, it's the rejection piece. I think it's a very normal and natural part of being a human. It is, it, we're hardwired to feel like we belong and to be a part of a group. And when you're not experiencing that, it hurts. But mm. I knew that there were people out there, I just hadn't found them yet. Yeah, so I, like, hey, what next? I love
0: that. And I really like that you said as well, it's not just about having any friend with the same age child because you need relationships that nourish you and that fill you up and that make you feel better, not worse or drained. And you want to feel energetic after you've seen someone. So I think it's really important to be like really discerning, I guess, with making sure that you are spending time with people that really do fill you up and that it's okay if you go, you know what, these probably aren't my people, but I'll keep searching. I imagine that a lot of people Just go, oh, these are local moms. I guess I just have to (laughs) stick Mm -hmm. around, even if I'm not really vibing each other. But I think if you just keep searching, I really admire that about you is that you just kept trying. You just kept signing up to things. You kept facilitating things. You kept coordinating things. I love friends like you. I'm not really that personality. I'm more of a, hey, let's all do this, but someone else please organize. (laughs) So I really appreciate friends like you who are like, let's create a WhatsApp group. Let's do this every Tuesday. Let's get organized about this. And I think that's really cool for women to hear that you got to put a bit of effort in as well. Like this stuff doesn't always just fall on your lap if you're feeling isolated or alone. Sometimes you have to put yourself out there. It won't just magically come to you either. So I'm curious to know, Rachel, from your first experience of postpartum where you were isolated and alone, and yes you had your doula but for the most part it doesn't sound like you had too much of a community, how does that then look different for your second birth? So what did your community Look like then? And did you have a different experience of postpartum because of all the effort you'd put in beforehand?
1: Yeah, my second postpartum, the best few months of my life. I mean, postpartum is forever, but if I'm just talking about the first, the fourth trimester. So, years in between, there's a three and a half age gap between my daughter and my son. And I had been involved in all of these local groups. I had started my own women's circles in the area. I'd gone to gentle parenting meetups and natural parenting meetups and like really just gone to so many different things and I had met my people. And I was at a Mother Blessing the other day actually and everyone there had met through me, which was really beautiful, met through my pregnancy circles or my women's circles or I had known them and I'd gone, I think you two would be really good friends and then i send text messages and say, hey, you guys should catch up. So I'm a real connector. It's something that I really love doing. But yeah, I had a thriving community of women around me, but I also was pregnant and postpartum during COVID. So that obviously influenced how much we could see each other and connect in real time. When it came to being postpartum, I think I was just able to sneak a mother blessing in with limits of who could come. And we had to sit away from each other and all that jazz. When I gave birth, I had my best friend turn up the next day. I had another best friend who was at my actual birth as my doula. Such a beautiful experience to go through that with her after meeting her at an ABA meeting when our babies were young. So yeah, my best friend came the next day with her partner and her kids and my kids played with her kids and they brought food and we all ate lunch and I shared my birth story and we laughed and cried. And then she would come a couple of times a week just to come and sit on my bed and hang out with me. She had a nine month old who was pretty chill. So we would just hang out together that way. I had an Epic and extensive meal train. We did not cook for three to four months. Amazing. We did a lot of preparation ourselves and I filled my freezer up, but also just the generosity of my community. I did not ask for a meal train. I felt like I'd already received so much, I didn't deserve it. And so they just did it behind my back and made that happen for me, which is really beautiful. I was able to hook back in to an already established mother's group because I already knew them. And we started going to a yoga and a cafe on Fridays from when my baby was three weeks old because I felt like I wanted to be out of the house after having lockdown pregnancy and being at home so much. I did actually want to go and be in the sunshine. And so that's something we did for a year. Every Friday we just stayed at this cafe four or five hours We were really lucky it lined up with anyone that had uh, multiple children. It was a daycare day or a grandparent day. And so we just got to hang and be with our babies and share stories and talk. And practically, I had a doula and a post-private midwife. So my care looked very nourishing and I had a lot of touch points from them as well. Yeah, just chalk and (laughs) cheese, really.
0: It sounds like it, but again, kudos to you because it sounds like it was directly from all the efforts you'd put in the meantime to create this community for yourself and to connect with women. And it didn't just happen that way. Like you really put yourself out there to create these beautiful friendships. And I can just hear in the way you describe it, how nourishing that version of motherhood was for you compared to the first time around being on your own, being isolated So nice. Like being Mm. outside with friends, like you said, storytelling, like the power in women coming together is so humongous, so Mm. huge and so cathartic and it just it's really cup filling for women. So you mentioned that you started women's circles during that period in between. I'm curious to know how you came to that and what your driving force was to start that. Was it because of your own experience
1: with your first postpartum? So if I trace my experience back with women's circles, it's before I had children. I was in an eating disorder recovery program and at the time it wasn't labeled as a circle, but with all of my understanding of circle principles, that's what it was. So we would meet three times a week of an evening and we were working with this book called Eating in the Light of the Moon, which is all about women's mythology and storytelling and folklore. And women's sexuality and relationship with their body and living in the patriarchy. Like I didn't understand. I was doing this really deep work at the time, but it was life changing. And that experience of we would come together and we would share, and we weren't given advice. We would just deeply listen to and have the space to talk. And it was around a topic that I held a lot of shame because I had binge eating disorder, and I felt like. Before Before that, I could never even utter those words out loud. And then I was in this room sitting in circle with these other women. They're telling me their stories about binge eating or their stories with anorexia or bulimia. And I related to everyone. And I felt my story was in everyone else's stories. And I just, I felt the shame melt away from my body. And it was the beginning of really reconnecting with myself and my body and Understanding why I had come to have an eating disorder. So, I guess that was the seed that was planted just having that depth of understanding and storytelling with other women and how meaningful that was. And then I jumped around. I had other addictions and I used to go to AA meetings, and AA meetings are basically a form of a circle as well. You sit around in a circle, you have delegated time to speak and listen. There's rituals involved. It just so happens that they're cross sex. So you have men and women in those spaces. Again, I didn't really know that's what I was doing, but with the lens of perspective and hindsight, I can see that. And so when I was then a mother, I was really craving those kinds of spaces. I loved catching up at ABA meetings where there's a theme around breastfeeding, but I was still finding. A lot of conversations were quite surface level or it would be like, how are you going? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm tired. Yeah. And I was like, okay, but does anyone else feel like their life is totally transformed and they don't know who they are anymore? And are you having sex with your partner? Because I'm not having sex with my partner. And what does your vagina look like? And do you have a prolapse? Can we talk? I just wanted to talk about so much more than what was happening in just the conversations in the park. So I remembered those experiences through my recovery and addiction programs and I was like oh if i could just bring all that in without the heaviness without it being like we're there because we're trying to fix or heal something that's broken and then i was introduced to jane hardwick collings work as well in my pregnancy and had the privilege of sitting in a number of circles with her her shamanic dimensions of pregnancy workshop made such A huge impact on how I prepared for my next birth and the spiritual side of seeing birth as a rite of passage. And so, really, a lot of my work has been influenced by Jane, and I always want to pay homage to her. And then, doing that with friends who we were just testing the waters oh, should we go to this thing and just see what it's like? And then, we would have these experiences together, and then the conversations in between those experiences would just explode with their Mm. richness. And so, yeah, I started pregnancy circles and mother circles and later I did general circles for anyone that wanted to come, but I really wanted to focus on let's talk about what nobody else is talking about when it comes to pregnancy like, I don't want to hear that you love every moment because I know that's not true. So, what are the moments that you don't like about being pregnant? What are you finding challenging? And then gathering women together and just seeing that it affected them emotionally. They felt like they were freer to express themselves. They felt like they could share these stories in a safe, contained space and really just getting quite addicted. The, the processes of women's circles and rituals.
0: Yeah, I love all of this so much. And I know there'll be a lot of women listening who probably have never heard of a women's circle before or have no understanding of what it is. So, how would you describe a women's circle to somebody who's never heard of it before?
1: I'll describe my women's circles because really what I teach and what I know to be true is that there are a thousand different ways that you could run a women's circle. And it's really going to depend on the facilitator's values and inspiration and all of that kind of stuff. My women's circles are predominantly focused on connection and storytelling. I do have elements of spirituality in them, but I'm not dogmatic and they're not religious based. It's more earth-based spirituality. So connecting to the seasons and cycles of life. And that doesn't need to sound hoity-toity or too esoteric. It's okay. We're in autumn right now. How does being in autumn make your body feel? What is happening around you in the plant and animal life? We are supposed to naturally slow down in autumn and winter. So I bring those elements in just so we can reconnect to the natural world because so many women are not honoring what's going on outside and then what's going inside in terms of their own inner cycles of their menstrual cycle or where they are in child rearing years and that kind of thing. So I bring aspects of those in. I bring rituals in to the degree that I feel that group will feel comfortable with it. And a ritual is really just we might come in and we'll sit down and we'll all breathe together just to get centred and grounded. So we shake off like leaving kids behind and plying them off our legs so we can get out the door. We breathe together. We connect together. We might do a guided visualisation. And then we might introduce ourselves by saying, my name is Rachel and I'm calling myself present to the circle. And then we might place an item in the circle. I usually have a bowl of feathers. And so it's nothing major, it's nothing huge. It's just like little rituals to make meaning of the steps that we're doing within the circle. And then I'll usually introduce a topic or a theme for the circle. So if I think about the last few that I've done, We just did one on the maiden to mother transition, and that wasn't necessarily giving birth and becoming a mother. It's more the archetype, so the stages when you're young and carefree as a maiden and you're not responsible, and then mother, which is more responsible and of service, but you don't need to have children to be in that phase. So then I would talk about that. I would introduce the theme and then I have guiding questions and we go around and we share if we're comfortable. There's, all, there's never pressure to share if you don't want to. There's always the invitation that you can sit and listen to other women's stories. And then the guidelines are that nobody's interrupting. This isn't an everyday conversation where it's a two-way. We're really trying to sit in the discomfort of wanting to offer our advice and our tidbit to their story we're just deeply listening and practicing that as a skill because it doesn't come natural to a lot of people and we're resisting the urge to touch another woman when she's sharing to put our hand on her and offer comfort more often than not emotions will well in women when they have the space to just be deeply listened to so there's often crying. We're not trying to stop them from crying or make it a big deal. They just get to have that beautiful release and share stories. And then we all acknowledge that we've listened to that woman. And then the next woman speaks. So I've done circles around our relationship to our menstrual cycle, to sex and sexual experiences in earlier life, in that maiden phase to sex after having babies to what it's like to be a mother living without a village i just bring whatever i'm reading about or inspired by or what's really current in my own life i'll bring that into circle cuz i know if i'm curious or dealing with something that i'm sure someone else is as well
0: absolutely
1: i love all of this and i think all these topics
0: are so important i'd love to know what do you see in women whether it be physical or whether it be just the feedback that they're giving back to you. But what are women getting out of this? I'm thinking, especially those first time mums who are nervous and then I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but what do you see from them and what are you hearing from them about the power of sitting in circle with other women?
1: Yeah. So I see a lot of relief of just like vigorous nodding. Oh my God. Me too. Because they're not allowed to say it out loud, but just oh holy shit especially in mother's circle like a mother might have just admitted in her share that she's in a yelling phase with her kids and she's feeling a lot of rage and she's finding herself snapping and yelling and she she hates yelling and she doesn't know how to stop and she doesn't want to be that kind of mum and she's really struggling and you see the woman next to her being like oh my god she's admitting that she yells at her kids and I've been doing that too and not that we not that either of those mothers want to be doing that, but there is a relief in knowing that they're not alone. So that's probably the main one. And then just a sense of a coming home. Okay, yeah. something about this feels familiar. And it is because the way of circling is as ancient as women are. We would have gathered around fires and shared stories and wisdom and connected with each other when we were bleeding and at different phases of the moon. And, So there's just this inner, oh, I'm coming back to a practice that feels very natural in my body, even if I'm nervous, even if I'm like a little overwhelmed and maybe I'm not going to share today, but there's something that has really sparked my curiosity here. The other thing too, it's two hours away from the chaos of life. For mothers, I run circles where they can bring babies in arms, but then when it's toddler stage, it's, I'm sorry, toddlers can't come. (laughs) (laughs) It's just too chaotic. And so it's a little bit of a reprieve from that. And it's a chance for adult women to co-regulate with other adult women versus always feeling the need to co-regulate their children Mm. and being that anchor in their family. This is a chance for us all to really offer each other grounded presence. And you do, you come away feeling the oxytocin like floods women's circles so you feel those loving hormones and I get the feedback like my cup is not just full it's like overflowing and now I feel like I can go back and listen to my son's story that I've heard 17 trillion times today hug my children and be really present with them and yeah so there's so many little benefits that happen and that is so powerful. Like for a woman to be able to feel that
0: she's overflowing, like that's powerful to the family unit. For a mum to spend two hours, that's such a short amount of time, really truly filling her cup up. Like I think there's such a, I guess, a whirlwind of self-care at the moment. And so often I know women are feed, feeding back to me that they think self-care looks like massages on their own or solo trips. And all of that is amazing and there's definitely time for solo times. And trust me, I love solo time as much as the next person, but there's something for the power of connecting and coming together in a group setting that can be just as, if not more fulfilling for women to be able to share and release. And when you were saying like how women are feeding back to you, I could see like your shoulders drop and it was like you were exhaling. And it's I can imagine these women sitting in circle and just going, oh, I needed to get that out of me. I needed to share that. I didn't realize how much I needed to talk about this. And we live in a world of technology and social media. And if we're not connecting with women in real life, it can feel very much like you're the only mum yelling at your kids right now because no one shares that. That's not really the sort of content that we want to see. We often share our highlight reel. So I imagine so many women just feel so seen and so, understood when they actually can share in real life. So I think that's so powerful. I'm just going to quickly share, I had my own experience of Women's Circle. I'm certainly not seasoned like you are, Rachel, but I remember, because I know a lot of women will feel this way, I remember being so unbelievably nervous to attend my first Women's Circle. And I'm not normally like that. I'm a fairly confident, yeah, I'll turn up and chit chat to people and smiley and whatnot. And I had full blown butterflies in my stomach. Because I didn't know what to expect. And I thought there was a lot of, (laughs) I laughed because in hindsight, I can see how silly it was, but I know women will feel this. I thought there was a lot of rules and things I needed to know prior to this woman's like, what if I didn't know enough about the moon or astrology? Or what if I didn't understand the words they were using? I thought it was going to be this really big spiritual practice. And everyone's going to be like, she's the newbie spiritual girl. She doesn't know what we're talking about. that I'd do something totally embarrassing or wrong and they'd cast me out. So Mm. (laughs) they were my hesitations, but I was like, whatever, I'm a grown woman. I'm going to turn up and I don't ever have to see these women again. And I must admit, there were times where I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't really understand that word she just used. I don't really know where the moon is in the cycle right now. And I think I'm going to make a fool of myself. But what I did is I just spoke and it was a circle where you speak uninterrupted and people listen. And this was a room of strangers that I'd never met before. And what was profound to me, two things. One, speaking to a room of strangers is so cathartic to me anyway. Speaking to women who don't know you, who have no preconceived notion of you, who are not judging you through a lens of your past experiences and how they know you. They're just judging you and seeing you for how you show up on that day. That's really fascinating. I don't think we ever really have that opportunity to be totally fresh. And so I found that amazing. And then not interrupting people, like you were saying in your circles, that is profound because you notice how often you want to feedback or like you said, comfort someone. And that obviously feels very natural, but there's something even more powerful for sitting back and just witnessing someone and holding space for someone and not needing like knowing that they've got this without you needing to step in and help them or needing to step in and give them feedback. And that was really challenging, but really profound. And it was really interesting how uncomfortable I personally felt sharing without hearing anyone give me feedback because I was waiting. I was like, someone tell me if I'm on track or give me some advice or tell me what you think. And it was really interesting then what came out of my mouth when I wasn't interrupted. And I was like, wow, obviously all these things were on my mind and I wouldn't have got them out if we have had a, had, have had a conversation because it would have been steered in a totally different direction. So I found that so, so profound. And that was the main take home when I got home is, wow, I need to really hold space for people to just talk because I interrupt far too often. And I really just enjoy being able to speak so openly and so honestly to people I've never even met before. So for anyone else who's listening, who's, oh, I don't know if I'm going to do a women's circle wrong. (laughs) It's no such thing. It really is such a non-judgmental, beautiful space holding place. And I've gone on to do other women's circles, which have slightly different slants. Like you said, it depends on the facilitator and it depends on like the rituals and themes and topics that they're talking about. But for the most part, I found it really profound and really incredible and to see women crying and to know that these women like haven't had a chance to share like they share anywhere else it's so cathartic and so healing so I highly recommend them Mm. so speaking Rachel to those women who were like me on my first women's circle what do you find is the main theme from women what are their hesitations why don't they want to join these women's circle what are they
1: scared about Mm. so I get a high percentage of first timers to my circles and I think that is because of the way that I share on social media and talk about circles and try to demystify elements of them I don't know anything about astrology I'm not gonna (laughs) apart from the fact I'm a Virgo that's like a sum total of what I know (laughs) and I'm learning just as much as other women I'm reclaiming this information just as much as other women so I do get a lot of first timers which is awesome I like to make a joke at the beginning, who's here at their first women's circle, raise your hand. I see, I'm like, okay, all right, you're going to get naked first. And I just see them like, hello, I'm just kidding. Don't do that here. But I have had women tell me that they have been looking and thinking about joining my circles for two years before they come to their first one. And it's just, I don't know, there's something. It's A, being really vulnerable and brave and thinking, Am I going to have to spill my guts out and share all this stuff I don't want to? No, you don't. But B, there is lots of confusing layers to female friendships that may have happened in school wounds around bullying and gossiping and not feeling safe with other women. There's also just the outer layer of living in a patriarchal culture where the female is not the preferred and so we might have aligned with men and been a... Tomboy and had boyfriends and not wanted to be with the girls, and all of those kind of stereotypes and associations about who we can be and what our interests can be, and that kind of thing. And then there's turning up to something by yourself. So there can be social anxiety that just comes along with that. And then the rule thing, like, yes, I, and look, honestly, I don't think that's a story that you've made up in your head. I think there is a perception, and some circles and facilitators. Uphold that perception that there are these really strict rules. And if you don't do things the right way, something bad is going to happen. So, when I was doing some research for my facilitator training, I was reading a lot of old pagan and Wicca books that my mother in law had. So, they're 30, 40 years old. And some of those rituals are like you have to spray, sprinkle salt over your left shoulder three times and then turn three times to this way and then turn three times to that way and then you have to all walk around in a spiral and i'm like like i we're know. more chill these days. We're more <laughs> chill. <laughs> you don't need to do that. And there are, r- rituals can be made up by the group of women or by the facilitator. It's really just assigning a meaning to a set of actions and those actions can look any which way. But yeah, the idea that you might get something wrong or say the wrong thing and then feel ostracized, like we don't want to feel ostracized. So it can be very intimidating. That's why I'm trying to train a whole new league of women's circle facilitators who really talk about these nerfs. So in my emails, when someone signed up, I'll, an email goes out yay how amazing that you took this step for yourself I know you were probably shitting your pants when you booked like you're in and then I send an email just before the event a couple of days you don't need to bring anything other than yourself you it's normal to have nerves these events are not clicky I will greet everyone on arrival I'll let you know what to do and where to sit so I just give them different points so that they can hold on to that and be like okay like At least I know what to expect when I first arrive. And I feel that has really supported me and the women that come to actually turn up, not just book the ticket and then like back out at the last minute. So whatever we can do to demystify and just make it feel like a welcoming, inclusive space. I can imagine women have some perceptions that if they're turning up alone, what if everyone knows each other? What if everyone's already talking and I have no place to sit? or so I make it a rule as a facilitator. I don't hug anyone unless I hug everyone. Yeah. I don't go up to someone and be like, How, how's you sisters, cousin, blah blah blah. I make a real point of not showing preference or making out like I have a really close relationship with someone who's sitting in circle, even if they're my best friend. Because I really wouldn't want that new timer to come and be like, oh, crap, they've known each other for years and this is going to be another repeat of just feeling like I'm left out. And that's
0: obviously why you're such an amazing facilitator because even though like your first circle was so long ago, you're still so in touch with all of those feelings that everything you just listed was literally everything I went through going to my first circle. It sounds silly, but yeah, what if I don't know where to sit? And yeah, what if she hugs that person and then I just fade into the background and she doesn't see me because I'm new. (laughs) And I just think that makes you, yeah, really incredibly placed to welcome these women into circles because once you're in and you've experienced it, like that's really all those nerves blow out. And These women then get to reap all the amazing benefits we've spoken about, connecting women and the power of it. But you need to get them in the door first and you need to make them feel comfortable enough. And yeah, I didn't even think about that, but I imagine so many women book a ticket and don't turn up. Did you Mm. have
1: a lot of people that used to do that? Yeah, when I started and I didn't have those, uh, I didn't speak as frankly on social media and I didn't have the email reminders around being nervous and that kind of thing. Yeah, people would book. And then I was like, why aren't they coming? And then I just put myself in their position and it clicked. It's like they're nervous. They're backed out.
0: Good on you. And
1: I love the naked joke at the start. I just feel
0: like that's so powerful. If you can laugh or just take the piss a little bit out of something that can feel so big and spiritual and important and just be like, we're all humans. We all, when I get nervous. My husband always reminds me, everybody poos and wheezes, Laura. And I'm like, yes, that is so powerful. We all go to the toilet. It just humbles you. If you're ever feeling nervous, you're like, everyone does the same
1: thing on the toilet. It's fine. (laughs) I actually have a little thing now that I do, and it happened by a happy accident. I forgot to put tissues out in front of women in case they cry. And so I I was holding one circle and women started crying and I looked and I was like oh I don't have any tissues I was like I'm gonna go get the sacred bog roll just a minute and then I went and got a roll of toilet paper and then everyone was like passing the toilet paper around and it was like coming off on their faces (laughs) and it was funny and we were laughing and it was just that beautiful release after an emotional release. 100% and I think humour connects people so much as well
0: like it's so beautiful. So for anyone listening, that is the shtick on Women's circles. So I really hope that anyone who was on the fence and was thinking, oh, there's one in my local area, but all of these reasons that we've just talked about is what's keeping you back. I really hope that encourages you to maybe go try one. I think it could be life changing. I've really enjoyed my experience of them. Hey, mamas, I really hope that you loved that episode and that if you were listening to that and feeling a little bit hesitant about "Mm, women's circles, this sounds a bit weird that you're now like, oh yes, this actually sounds like something that might be interesting to me or something you might want to explore. It's not for everyone, but I certainly think it's good to be curious. It's good to be open-minded and it's good to just acknowledge the power that I think we all feel about women coming together. Now, I was thinking when we did this episode, it's not about sitting in circle and having rituals and whatnot. It could be having coffee with your girlfriends, going out for dinner with your girlfriends, having, watching a movie night with them. Like That is all about the power of connecting with other women and coming together to share stories and to tell each other how we're feeling and go through the ups and downs of the transitions we're going through in life. It doesn't have to look like sitting in circle, but I think the p- importance of this conversation is about zooming out and just acknowledging the importance of coming together. So I really hope you enjoyed this. And if you were nervous like me, I hope it's given you a little bit of confidence to maybe go and try one. It's a great way to meet women and just try something new. So I'd love to hear from you over at Physio Laura. Let me know what you got out of today's episode and whether you've done a women's circle before. And if so, maybe what your main benefit was or what was the best thing that you got out of it? I would so love to hear that. And if you want to connect with Rachel, you absolutely can find her at the underscore Rachel underscore Rose. She has amazing products and offerings and all sorts of things. If you're in a local area, you could join one of her circles. So I definitely encourage you to go check out her podcast and her courses and all of the things that she offers. And if you are pregnant right now and you're looking for more connection, you want to connect with other women and hear how their pregnancy journey is going and what they're up to and what questions they have, then I encourage you to come on over into my online membership, The Pregnancy Posse. We have weekly Q&As. We have a whole library of resources to help you through your entire pregnancy journey. We have weekly workouts and we have our community forum and that's where you can really help connect with other women. See who's due in the same month as you. Ask questions that you know you may not feel confident asking other people. You feel in a safe space with other pregnant women and me facilitating it all. So I really encourage you, if that sounds like something you're interested in, to go to thepregnancyposse.com to check it out and make sure you subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast because we have episode two in this Bringing Women Together podcast series coming out next week, and that is all about the village and creating this really beautiful postpartum support for us all. So definitely don't miss that one. Have a wonderful week, ladies, and I'll see you soon.